0: Welcome to Locking Your Success. We are the company that creates strategies to build wealth. This podcast is the audio from the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update webinar. This webinar reviews real-time hypothetical trades each week while analyzing market conditions with adjustments. Questions are always welcomed, asked, and answered. If you would like to view the charts and graphs referenced in this podcast, please visit our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com for a video replay of the live webinar. Before we get started, we need to go over our disclosures. Locking Your Success LLC is not a broker dealer or financial advisor. This presentation is for educational purposes only. This information is not an offer to buy, sell, or hold securities. You shall be fully responsible for any investment decision you make, and such decisions will be based solely on your evaluation of your financial circumstances, investment objectives, risk tolerance, and liquidity needs. Please visit CBOE.com to find and review the Options Risk Disclaimer prior to placing any trades. Also, please note that these are real-time but hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. The trades are believed to be as accurately presented as possible, however they are not guaranteed as to accuracy and therefore live results may vary. No representation is being made that any portfolio will or is likely to achieve profits or losses similar to those shown. Whew! Now that that's over, let's get to it. Here is your host, John Locke.
1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Options Trading for Income Weekly update for April 4th, 2016. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening via podcast, come on over to our website at LockingYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E, InYourSuccess.com, and get your free report, The 7 Secrets to Become a Successful Trader. Stay informed, join our mailing list, and connect with over 300 talented traders in our free community. And see what we have to offer in uh, our more advanced communities when you uh, come in and take a look at community coaching and so forth. So uh, quickly, to hop over here, we've got a couple things going on. Well, first of all, if you'd like to join the community, it's here, freebies and more. Uh, and we've got the lock options community. Also, we have this 30-day affirmation challenge going on, where if you are a member of the community, you can come in here and sign up for that for free. This is uh, right here. All right, thirty-day affirmation challenge. You can sign up for that there, and um, you can also find out what that's about by just quickly, quickly coming in here and clicking thirty-day affirmation challenge as well. So we can go ahead and work with that. Now back to our presentation here. Um, if you're uh, on our website or come on over and make sure you check out our trading programs, uh, among others we have the Super Simple Spread Trades, we have the M3, the Bearish Butterfly, the Rock, the M21, and APM squared. In the update we cover four of our many different systems that we have. Uh, we have an example of a Bearish Butterfly, an example of an M3, uh, example of Rock Trade, an example of the Condor. Again, um, just samples from our various programs. And uh, as far as announcements, we already talked about joining our Affirmations Challenge, so come over and do that. And we got our community coaching session going on this Wednesday night, April 6th. So if you're a member of group coaching, community coaching, or a Premium Plus member, then you can see that this Wednesday, April 6th at 9 p.m. Also, as far as an enriching session this month, we're going to be talking about boosting your trading results through proper back testing. So, you know, we get a lot of situations where people they have trouble where they back test this system, everything used to be doing great. They go out and live trade it and they get different results. And uh, they make certain assumptions about that, which usually are incorrect. And the reality is is that you can have back testing results that match live trading and mark Live trading that match back, back testing results. It's just that you need to do it properly, and there's ways of utilizing that back testing tool to help you improve as a trader as well. And we'll be going over that type of stuff. So it'll be lots of fun there. Uh, and of course, if you haven't uh, considered coming into the trading triangle, if you've been thinking about it, we're getting closer, and uh, we're getting excited because this is going to be a really fun event. And um, you know, make sure you're uh, you get in on that if you'd like to do that. Okay, so let's take a quick look at what's going on in the markets. Um, As far as uh, we can say is the markets continue to rise. Irrationally, they're terribly overextended. We are at historic levels as far as point moves in a a 60-day period. So we are due for the market to come down. Um, We've been saying that. We have... Uh, in the last 3 weeks or so we've had a you know small down moves in the Russell but they continue to be bought back and we continue to push a little bit higher. Well at the same time we have indices like the SPX which have essentially just continued to go up. Also, if you look at how many point moves the SPX generally moves in a, in a very very overextended period where we're also overextended in the SPX as we are in the Dow and in the NDX. So with all that information coming forward, um, what I have to say basically is the markets will do what they want to do. If the traders want to keep buying, they will keep buying. And at the same time, we are at an extreme risk of having a very or a fairly large drop. So any bad news at all could put, push this down. Very quickly back to this 1030 level, which is about, well, well it's, uh, what's, what's that? It's, it's uh, almost about 90 points. Um. And that would be a, a completely normal expected pullback in this. So what, what am I expecting? I'm expecting as soon as this breaks to have some sort of a reasonable pullback. It may not be all the way to 10.30, but that would be a reasonable level. A minimal level would be back to the 10.80 level. So, uh, And that would be about 40 points or so, which would be a, a, a very shallow pullback for the Russell. And uh, keeping that in mind, as we talk about our trades, um, I'll talk about what I'm thinking about, uh, especially for the April trades, because it's concerning for the April trades. But that's, that's my thoughts. We, uh, I, I maintain a bearish posture. That said, and we said this last week, chart patterns. If you look at chart patterns um, in general, we everything is bullish right now. If this was a stock, I probably wouldn't be considering it turning around, but since it's an index, index indices only go so far typically before they roll over. Um, but as far as pure technical analysis, pure t- uh, stock charting, uh, we still remain bullish in that um, in that sense. However, um, my opinion on where the markets are going is they are going to continue to say uh, they're very likely to have a normal pullback of at least forty points in the Russell relatively soon, and it'll probably happen very quickly. Um, The VIX says the players are complacent. Yes, the VIX is down. And when the VIX is down, the VIX goes up. Uh, If you take a look at um, the VIX, you can do the same technical analysis on the VIX as you do with uh, an an index. Essentially, as an index is getting overextended, the VIX comes down and it drops into uh, into a support level. And when the VIX drops into a support level, it's ready to go back to the upside. It's not quite there yet. Um, which makes sense because the SPX is not quite at its peak previous highs, right? If we look at the SPX, we are not quite up in here, which is where I would expect this to go as a directional trader. In other words, if I was going to take a shot short on the S&P, I would do it here, which is not far from where we are now. So, um, you know, any kind of an up move um, puts us into that level where at least, somebody, at least some traders should be taking... Uh, shots at the market going down. Uh, you know, it's possible. Like I said, we go to uh, previous highs. You never know, but uh, it would be. I wouldn't expect that. That would be a, a historic move in a short period of time on the SPX. For the Russell, on the other hand, the Russell's run sideways for a while. So I mean, it's been bullish and in general. It's been up, but we did have this uh, relatively long sideways run of a couple of weeks. So in the Russell, if I was looking at this in isolation. I might be saying that the Russell was going to uh, take a shot at the 1050 level here, right? It would break this price pattern and run up to around 11. I'm sorry, run up to around 1150. Um, But considering where the SPX is, it's not likely it's going to have that kind of power to do that. So um, again, uh, my primary thought here is that we're going to be bearish and drop down in very shortly so we'll see if we can do it before expiration April expiration Uh, so let's look at the positions here we got as of actually let me back this up to Monday here so on Monday we have an M3 trade that is 18 days to expiration looks really really nice right this is just a sweet looking trade right here so we got um, you know, if the market pulled back or, or ma- maintained steady this would be would be a nice looking trade unfortunately on tuesday we got a nice almost 30 point up move in the russell which is quite a large move for it i mean it's not historically large but it's very certainly on the very large end of the scale here and that drew us down a little bit to uh, being up 167, which is not terribly uh, surprising in a standard butterfly configuration. A standard butterfly, well this is not quite standard, but it's a broken wing condor. Uh, they do tend to get crushed a little bit with a fast move. And you know, our delta is a little over here. Our Vegas kind of borderline here. I didn't do anything on um, Tuesday. I kind of wanted to wait it out for a day. So uh, you could have rolled up this day you could have waited till the next day. Again, that's another thing I like about this trade here is it's not terribly, terribly important that you, get, you hit it the first day. But um, decided to leave it because we're kind of borderline. On Thursday, we got a continued up move. So that being the case, we did roll this. We took this from having our 10.50 butterfly with verticals I have to stop clicking this row here. That goose me up. It took me. It took us from having our 1050 butterfly position, brought it up 20 points to 1070, and had verticals in here for 1070, uh, 1100. So here we are with 30 point wide verticals. I also rolled the call. Uh, the call was way down here at 940 doing this butterfly roll actually put us over capital limit so in order to help correct that I rolled the call up to uh, to 1020 and that put us into a position that looks like this and we're still close to our maximum capital limit but not bad uh, and that's the position there we had uh, as of Wednesday and I do not okay we did a couple we did one more adjustment on Thursday with a continued up move So we simply came in here, did three more. Uh, We exceeded our maximum delta limit, I believe. Hold on, let me look at what we actually did here. Yeah, we're over uh, minus 60 delta. We exceeded that, so I went in and did three 1100, 1110 verticals to put us in a position that currently looks like this. Um, No adjustments were made on Friday, even though the market went up. They weren't necessary. So... Thoughts on this here, given the market conditions where we are extremely, extremely overextended and we're likely to have a relatively fast down move, uh, do not like being in this position here at all. And live trades, I'd be interested in doing what we call a, a risk limiting position here where we sell the call out, and we basically don't go for any more money. We roll these puts back here. Um, uh, you know, Something like in here. We'd have to play around to fix this, but I'd have to do uh, plus 3 minus... pull this back into something like this, so plus 17, minus 10. I'm just kind of guessing where the strikes would go. Uh, probably not here, but maybe here. All right, put this into something a little flatter like this, where we're just going to essentially hold here. Even this might be a little bit more aggressive than I want. I'd probably be willing to actually lose a little bit more with a continued up move and maybe put this um, long here. Uh, maybe put some of them up here. Plus 8 and uh, plus 12 maybe right, give myself a little bit of loss and put myself into something like this. I just think that um, for me, I'd want to be a little bit directional here. I wouldn't want to be completely without Delta. And I'd be more apt to, in the position, take a uh, bigger risk of losing a little bit more if the market happens to continue up or sits here. Maybe as time goes by, widen my verticals out a little bit. Maybe take on some more down risk. But um, this is actually, to me, is is a, it would be the preferred positioning I'd like to be in. Um, that said, we're just kind of following the guidelines here, and there's not quite a reason to do that yet. So um, we are where we are. Let's take a look at the T log, and this is where we set. So, actually, let me just push to Friday for a second, and we will show you current profit loss on Friday, which I believe is right around break-even. So here, uh, here's where we sit. Again, I like the position until the market pulls back. If, it, if a pullback is too strong, I'd be quick to exit the trade. Um, M3 April, do the guidelines allow for adding trades so that the tent uh, is on top of the underlying. So with M3, right, we have varying ways that we deal with it. Uh, for normal, straight, beginner M3 trades, that we don't do that. So uh, we would stay behind the market And if the market continues up, this trade is essentially designed to break even or take a small win or take a small loss. That's that's behind the trade design. Because again, this is a learning trade. As we get into more um, advanced people uh, or more advanced traders, we start doing other things, right? So long ago in the trade, we may have actually had some broken wing butterflies placed up at a higher level, like maybe a 1030 or 1040. So, so you can easily come in here and um, do something like this, right? One, two, three. Do something like this where you can, where you can pop the tent on the upside. This is probably a little. Well, what I can do here is back these out. Um, we back out some of these adjustments and. Make this minus one here. Well, we back up some of these adjustments, and we maintain our negative delta. And we start building a tent a little bit higher, a little bit harder now because we're close to expiration. But you can still do it. I could also take this back a little bit. In other words, I could take this broken wing butterfly back a little bit and pop the tent over here. Uh, this is essentially pushing this into a more condor type of position or a more bull vertical type of a position, depending on how you look at it. And um, it's certainly Effective in certain market conditions, everything has pluses and minuses, right? So if you're always pushing into this condor by either using a calendar or a broken butterfly or even a regular butterfly, it's going to this profile is going to tend to make you start to get a lot more vulnerable to the downside. Whereas kind of staying behind the market and flattening it usually helps to the downside as long as you're not trying to flatten it too much. So, yeah, so you can certainly do things like that. And you can put these broken wing butterflies in varying sizes and at varying levels to start correcting this and turning this more into a condor type of a position. And that would have certainly worked okay, um, worked better earlier in the trade. It starts to become a little bit challenging later in the trade. But, um, again, something like that is certainly something you could do, you could bring them a little bit closer. The problem with this particular position here is if we really settle in right here, uh, eventually when you get really close to expiration, this line tends to drop out relatively quickly um, in which case you'd have to tighten yourself up a little bit. But for right now something like that is, uh, you know, know—that's this is a perfectly acceptable adjustment and this is, this remains an M3 concept by the way, right So, um, so for those of you with the M3 program, this is within uh, within M3 concept and it's something we do very commonly uh, in an M3 trade. Uh, it is put regular butterflies, wing butterflies, we do stretch adjustments, we do a lot of other things so we can do all this stuff. Um, in an M3 uh, when volatility is low is it okay to get the vo- uh, vega to stay less negative? Now the issue with vega isn't necessarily vega itself. This is where, where uh, traders Get challenged with um, the Vega number. This is a composite Vega number that's made up of all the different options. So I'm not using Vega to um, necessarily hedge against Vega. I'm using Vega to deal with the uh, to, with with where uh, of the stability of my T plus zero line. I know if I go positive Vega, particularly close to expiration, that's very problematic. In in the manner that what's going to happen is. Um, is this T plus zero line is going to drop, right? And as I get closer to expiration, the more important it is to hold my negative vega because um, vega is a derivative of itself and vega is a derivative of theta. So as market volatility drops, vega drops faster and theta drops faster. So if I'm sitting here outside um, and I might be negative vega today, but if I get a market volatility drop and that's com- and, it, and, it, and it's close to expiration when my theta is on a, in this huge exponential level, then the T plus zero line just drops right out. So if I'm not holding that vega number, then that can be very problematic. Now if i stick a calendar in here like some people are doing now right i stick a calendar in here the position is going to show positive vega but a calendar is not really a positive vega trade it says positive vega on it but a calendar is a trade where it's front month volatility versus back month volatility it's not total volatility right and therefore neg it's different right so you have to interpret your greeks differently depending on what type of positioning that you have but in a straight and of course, if I'm in an M3U or a broken wing butterfly, I'm not really concerned about that so much, because an uh, M3U, if you don't have enough familiar, is a broken wing condor type, or or a broken wing butterfly. You can do an M3U as a broken wing butterfly, um, um, and you can. Do a broken wing butterfly, and you can add these structures on top of it. Like I have some advanced M3 traders that start out as a broken wing butterfly, and then they, um, you know, they pop the tent with some sort of a structure, whether it be a calendar or or another broken wing butterfly, uh, in front of the market to to level it out. But, th- but that's beside the point. But the Vega is less important in that um, in that thing. But when you have a standard butterfly, and then you have the call, uh, and you get out here. We have this um, drop in your expiration graph. This is where uh, it's going to be problematic if you if you let your Vega go positive. Um, it's just another indication on top of what your theta number is to, that tells you that your T plus zero line is not stable and it's likely to drop out. And as you get closer to expiration, it's more and more important to realize how quickly you switch from positive theta, negative Vega to um, than the other way around. Now, if I'm very far from expiration, I may not care. Like if I'm if I'm 50 days to expiration and the market takes off to the upside and I go positive volatility, I might let it sit that way for two or three days. I may not worry about it. But it's more a function of um, of how the stability of my T plus zero line that I'm trying to interpret, rather than um, whether the position is actually positive or negative Vega. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, in M three positions, what do you call the edge of the tent and outside the tent? Uh, please show. On, oh, okay. So, uh, so in this trade here, right? If I'm doing an M three trade, um, I call. I'm at the edge of the tent when the price is here, right? So the price is at the edge of the tent right here, and technically, I'm outside the tent when the price is out here. Now. The idea between the scaling Greeks, right? If I'm well inside the tent, and again, we don't want to necessarily go solely on delta either, right? So we, but we're using a delta number because it's just easier to explain that way. Um, If you're if you're well inside the tent in here, generally we'll let the position go to minus 100 delta. If you're in this range here, uh, you know 75. I usually like to do something. Now, in the original program, it was a minus 100 all the time. Um, We've had changes in analytical software. We've had um, changes in the way that the um, market makers are pricing options, which also result in Greeks changes and some other factors that make the um, position or the Greeks outside the tent a little bit different than they used to be. So now we're kind of pushing in and we're saying, well, you know, if we start to get in this area here, then I want to start cutting my delta back a little bit. And if I get outside, I want to cut it back even more. So generally, we're running around minus 100 here. As we come into here, we want to get down towards a minus 75 level. As we start breaching the tent, um, we generally want to adjust a little bit faster than that, which is around the minus 50 level. And that's and that is um, suitable for if you're very neutral. Of course, if you're bearish or if the market's excessively choppy or having a wide back-and-forth range, you might want to let those widen out a little bit. Right? So that's, a, that's part of adapting your trade, trading to market conditions. Right? To come in here and say, I'm going to adjust at minus 50 every single time. Um, I mean, you can do that. It's going to be beneficial in some cases, not so in others. If, you take, um, if you're the type of person who looks at technicals and so forth, and for whatever reason, you want to hold a position because you think it's going to be beneficial for you, then that's fine. That should be part of your plan ahead of time. But, I mean, it's certainly something that can be done. We have a lot of traders that do it. I do it. Um, so that's not an issue there. Uh, why did you choose... Oh, well said on the calendar volatility levels. Oh, thank, thank you, Ray. Yeah, um, I think it's getting more and more commonly known that um, just because you're composite vega or... Is, is positive or negative on trade isn't necessarily going to indicate how trade is going to react with an, with a general market volatility change, um, and that's true for you know butterflies or condors or whatever. It's, it's not always what you think it is. So, it's good to learn that. And again, it's too complicated to explain um, in five minutes. Um, why did I choose to put my shorts at 1070 when I rolled up my April M3? Generally, it's a more of a um, It's more of a question of where do I want my long strikes to be. So when we take, this is back on Wednesday, when we take and roll this up, if I come in here, if I'm doing standard M3, right, if I come in here and I went to, say, 1090, that would put my long, I keep hitting the wrong button, if I go, say, to 1090, that would put my long strikes way up at 1040. Right, that would give me um, a real problem trying to control um, what my T plus zero line looks like up here. I mean, if you don't care, if you, in other words, if you're if you're going for the roll on top of the market and hope it doesn't move very much um, type of strategy, that's perfectly fine. Which is essentially what you're doing when you're rolling on the top of the market, right? You're saying, in other words, I could take this trade and I can push it so that the so that the price is back here somewhere uh, in the tent. And if the market stalls, and what, well, what would happen essentially is I'd be having a lot of downside risk. If I wanted to uh, take care of that, i have to go negative delta. And then I'm going to have this big sag in the T plus zero line up here. Um, assuming I stay in M3 concept and I don't do something else like calendars or butterflies up here, um, I'm going to have a situation where I'm essentially in my standard peaky condor tight condor type of trade where i take a big loss if the market moves either way so by staying further behind the market i can control my the flatness of my uh, t plus zero line a lot better and be resilient to large price moves of course that comes at the expense of um, unless the market does Settle down and back off a little bit. I'm not going to make anything, but it's more—it's a more protective position. So when you're doing your trading, you can decide if you want to be in a more protective position or a more aggressive position. Um, you know, someone asked about rolling on top of the market. You can certainly do that. You can do that either by, you know, you could widen this out. Complete—you can widen this out and stay on top of the market. You can add structures up here to stay on top of the market. Um, or you can just roll the whole thing up and be more on top of the market. Uh, any of those take on additional downside risk that you may or may not want right now. Uh, personally, I wouldn't want that now. I'd rather stay in a safer position. Actually, I'd rather be out of this and into May because May is very uh, nice. But we'll see how it works out. It's it wouldn't be unreasonable to have the market pull back. Uh, 20 or 30 points and sit there for a couple days either. So certainly a possibility that this is good. I think it's more likely to actually have some sort of a big down move. So a little nervous about that. Um, But anyway, that's why I chose the 1070s is because where I wanted my long strike, not necessarily where I wanted my short strike. I wanted my long strike close to the market so that I could uh, have a flat T plus zero line. Alright, so moving forward here We'll quickly go back we'll take a look at our rock trade and rock trade got some um, transitioned because we blew off to the upside so this is where we were sitting in the rock trade as of, um, as of Monday again this was looking quite nice had the market been nice to us but uh, this march on up uh, continues to be problematic So here we are, plus 27 points. We draw down uh, our profits, which isn't unusual. Here is what the position looked like. We're positive vega. We're negative delta. I come in here. I do my rock entry test, decide what strikes I want to be in. And I went into these strikes here. I went into 1090 and 1130. With six of these, I put myself at around minus one hundred and eighty delta. So this is about as close as I could get, and we're starting like this. So that's the rock trade on Tuesday. On Wednesday, I think we had to add four more butterflies up here at eleven thirty to keep our delta down towards the minus one hundred and eighty range, which was right here. And then on then on uh, let's see, I think Thursday. In a situation where I'm exceeding my. Um, actually, I I'm not there. Am I? Um, I'm not quite minus two fifty yet. I interpreted this as uh, two twenty-five for some reason uh, on the day. So I actually did make an up adjustment here, and that was a mistake in my interpretation. So we'll just chalk that up to a mistake. But um, you know, say I'm two negative delta. Generally, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start adding eleven fifty butterflies. Well, I don't really have any short. Time premium, my 1150 butterfly, my 1150 short strikes. So, I'd rather be at 1140. So, in this case, what I'll often do instead of actually adding a butterfly at 1150, I'll just do some verticals. I'll put my long strike where it normally would be, which was uh, which would be 1100. So, I bought an 1100 um, short strike. I, I bought an 1100. Call, and I sold instead of the 10, 1150. I sold the 1140 just to get our delta down. So, um, if we do this, right, just a regular vertical spread. This does a couple things. It it, uh, it makes this it makes more sense. I just don't like selling small amounts of time premium here. And this is what our position looks like after that. Um, This is what our position looks like afterwards. We're still going into the rock formation position. You can see we're starting to raise this point of the tent. We're starting to raise out out here. Um, But that was our uh, positioning there. And we would have had to do that on Friday anyway. So um, here's Friday. And we didn't have any further adjustments on Friday because we're underneath our delta limit. And we're gaining some value, again, because we're on top of the market. The market's not moving very quickly. Um, but, again, I, with the way the market is, I would be really happy with a 10% gain in this trade rather than trying to push it for a profit target number. And uh, and that's what, what our plan's going to be going forward for the month here. If we get into the $5,000 profit level, um, we're just going to pull this off and, uh, and move on. Because we just... Um, like I said, this this isn't a good market situation for us to be in. We're in a downtrending market. We're in an extremely overextended up move. And um, uh, historically, that's not a good place to be. So um, it's it, not a good place to be close to expiration. So we, we'd, uh, we'd be very happy to push back into further expiration trades. So um, as far as our V Condor, we also had some moves here. I believe. See. So here is Monday is what our position looked like. Let me get our prices in here. Right, so we're down about $180. Uh, trades kinda going crappy, the market moved too much to the upside, but we're looking like this. And, you know, if the grind is normal this isn't that big of a deal. However, the grind is not normal we had a fairly large up move on Monday here, 27 points. This forces us into a roll up. So again, roll ups are very rare on V condors. It's, they're they're not very common, and we've actually done two roll ups on this particular trade, which is extremely uncommon on a V condor. And that makes sense because we've been in the we've been in the market for this entire move, and um, uh, the move has been historically large. So we came in here, here's the T log for that. We made the this, this switch into this position here which puts us like this. So this trade is very likely to actually remember last week I was saying I would like to get to the point where I could do, actually do a roll up on this, it's going to improve my chances. This trade is actually very likely to make money now. So unless we get a really really hard down move, um, the up move should be somewhat muted in which case we're actually probably going to at least break even, probably make something. So I'm actually liking this position now a lot better. Um, And this is where we sit. And if we move along to Friday, right, we are minus 676 delta. We're just slightly down in the profit and loss range, and we're sitting like this. So this actually has a decent chance now. I like it. May trades, I love our May trades. So... May, we have, uh, let's see, we have a bearish butterfly. This trade here, I don't want a March bearish butterfly, I want a May bearish butterfly. Um, go back to Monday. This is the position we were on, in on Monday, we were one-third entered, uh, looking like this. We have a borderline, uh, not yet, but uh, Tuesday, when the market went up, we had an add point, but when I added, I actually had a delta-theta ratio problem. So we had an add point and we had a delta-theta roll. So after I added, delta-theta was no good. I came in here and got rid of this 1050 completely, went into uh, our butterflies at 1070 and 1090, right? And this puts us in a position that looks like this. This is a very nice looking trade in an overextended market. Um, I really like it. And then Friday, we again, and even this day here, we again have a delta theta ratio that is pretty much borderline on a roll. Now, I'd rather not do a delta theta roll when the market is so far overextended. Right, we have another ad point here with a market over eleven twenty, so we're very near another ad point. If we do hit that ad point, we, again we have another roll with an ad. Um, live trading, uh, you know, in my plan for this particular month, M twenty one style, I would be very resistant to actually taking a roll here. There, um, I wouldn't want to get that far on top of the market, but. Uh, According to guidelines, that's what it is, so that's what we're going to do. If we have to make another add, we'll add and do a delta theta roll. If the market continues to hang up here and the delta theta level becomes much more than um, tolerances, in other words, if it's borderline, I'm not going to do it because it's kind of a gray area, but if it starts to get where it's solidly over one and a half to one, we'll go ahead and make that roll. But as of right now, for the weekend, I I decided to sit on it and we'll, uh, we'll make that roll afterwards. Um. Ooh, did I make a mistake? I may have made a mistake. Um, would it would the ad be? Let's see. Our original our original butterfly was at. Um, okay, yeah, right. So our original butterfly was at ten fifty. So we have an we'd have a, an ad point at. Um. um ten ninety, and we actually have an ad point at. And I may have to fix this. We had one at 10.90. We had one at 10.10. So I actually have to get my last third in. So we'll put our last third in this thing today. So thank you for putting that out. I'll put our last third in at 10.10 um, and add our last third of the position in here. So I'm off on my numbers, on my math. Um, You wouldn't think it would be that hard to add 20, but it is. So I had, no, 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 you're right. Yeah, we have an add point at 11.90. We have one at 10.90. We have one at 11.10. So I have to get the last third in here, and we'll add the last third in here. Actually, we'll do it now. Right, so let's just add this back in here, and we'll take a look at our delta-theta ratio here because we're in back trader now. So we'll just put this in here because we should have done that. So now we're minus 246, 159. Um, Let's hold this position here for the day if the market does not oh, let me um, I don't know what happened there I'm sorry because we're now we're at 342 and 286 um, I'll do the calculations with that if we need a roll um, ah thank you thank you Casey that darn button there. All right. So now that's included, there we are. And so we're at two eighty-seven. That's actually not quite 1.5 to 1 there. So we're okay with our delta theta ratio. Uh, we're okay on our maximum delta. We look like this. Again, this is nice looking if it backs off. Um, so here we are. We'll see what happens today. And, um, and we'll just trade it according to the guidelines going forward here. But um, actually not a bad looking trade to be overextended. Uh, Alright, so I apologize for that mishap. M3 trade in March. I may, I'm may. i sorry, in May. We were sitting here on Tuesday at... Um, after the big move up, no big deal here. We're down $200. That's not a problem. We have a little bit negative delta. We have our theta positive. Vegas negative. This is a fine looking trade. As the days go by, however, we do get a sink in that position, and our Greeks went out on this day here. We became positive Vega. I have a choice here being positive Vega. I could have done a couple of verticals in this and corrected that, um, which would have been fine. My delta is relatively flat, though, so this is kind of a nuance or a a judgment call. Um, I am 10 points past my long strike, which is a call for a roll-up in the guidelines. A lot of times I might not actually do a roll-up, but I decided that I did want to do a roll-up. And what I did is I rolled uh, 20 points to uh, 1070s and reduced my size down to 10 contracts. So we came in here reduced into this now we're minus 27 delta and our Greeks look nice and a position looks like this this is just a really sweet looking M3 position so um, like that a lot and the T log for that is there so that was our basically our first move of the trade and we had last but not least we actually have a May v Condor and this trade has got nothing so let's just go to Friday here, right, and as of today, if I look at the T-log, I don't believe we did anything here. No, we did not. And if I look at this as of today, it looks like this. Again, really nice-looking P-condor trade, especially considering the market's a bit overextended here. So I'm liking that. And that is all the positions that we have. So... Let's look at what we have for questions here. Back to the charts. Where do I see the next major resistance in the Russell? Well, I think that, um, well, let's, let's look at this. this. Here's the thing with technical analysis. You can look at like 32 different ways. <clears throat> I'm looking at it from an overextension Type of thing where we're, you know, how extremely overextended are we? I'm also looking at it, are we meeting price targets? So I'm a very big price pattern guy. So if I took a price pattern here and I say, what's the width of that pattern? We have a pretty hard resistance point at 1130. Um, We also have the bottoms of the market here. We have, You know, I bought another bottom right here at this, what is this, about 1135 levels. So I think you're going to be running into some headwinds at this area here of around 1130 should the market continue up. As far as our overextension, you know, the Russell doesn't go much more than 160 or or 160 is pretty much historic level in a 60-day period. And uh, but the thing is, is sixty days ago is starting to come up. This is starting to be sixty days ago, another week, right? So essentially, what that means is that overextension is relieved because this move was so aggressive here. If I uh, delete this, this move was so so aggressive that overextension is relieved very very shortly, right? So it wouldn't be out of out of the question to see the market to blast off again to the upside. because of that now that said like I said we do still have some price patterns here that we want to look at and the top of that price pattern is 1130 which should act as some sort of resistance we also have uh, you know another price pattern that we broke out of here which is putting us back up at about 1135 so we should get resistance from that so, so even though we really don't have much for horizontal resistance going on here until maybe 1160, we have some price pattern resistance that we're going to be coming up on. We also have this downtrend line here, which traders are going to be looking at, which also comes into this level here of what about 11, uh, 1135, 1140. So, to me, that 1135, 1130, 1140 range is going to be some fairly significant. Um, headwinds on the Russell Uh, and unless it gets some sort of strength from the other indices in other words the SPX breaks out or the NDX breaks out or something like that it's probably not going to break out uh, any higher than that it would be very very um, unexpected I should say Uh, you know that and what we have in the other indices is we don't have, we have extreme overextensions in the other indices the spx is coming up on this level which is going to probably try and stall it if we blast past that level then well you know we have our next level of 20 a little over 2100 and our next level of a little over that and then of course we have all time highs so um, i would absolutely not expect the spx to run to uh, to run over all time highs then um in the marketplace especially with this overextension i would very actually not expect the spx to actually climb over this previous high here uh, at least not significantly so um like i said very very unlikely we're going much higher here it's you know anything's possible the market's going to do what the market's going to do but the odds are so so far in your favor of the market dropping that i tend to um, bet on that more than the alternative um if in the M3, would a reduction in the number of butterflies only be beneficial in a roll down versus a roll up, or it doesn't matter? Uh, it doesn't really matter when you you know I reduce the size because uh, it's I, you know I have a choice. I have a choice of um, either in an M3 trade if I have 12 butterflies on, for example, and I and I'm supposed to generally have 10. And I run into a Greeks problem. I basically have a choice of I can just drop my butterfly size down to normal or I can put verticals in. Um, Generally, if the market's flat, a little more on the flat side, I'm generally better off putting the verticals in and keeping my butterfly size large because I can make more money that way. But if the market's usually, if I'm concerned about it moving a lot, I'm generally going to go towards dropping my size down. It takes off some volatility risk. Um and it allows for bigger price moves without drawing down. So uh, I just generally drop the size. Um, and I have less than 15 minutes to my next meeting. Now I have less than uh, well, uh, less than 12 minutes to my next meeting. So thank you, Ray, for letting me know. And I've been talking way too long. So uh, I hope this was beneficial for everybody. Uh, be careful of the uh, odds the market for dropping a lot so be careful of being completely neutral in an April position. I would just be very careful of that. Personally I'd rather take a small loss in April than get completely neutral in April right now. Um, but that choice of course is yours. You could just as easily turn out to be right. So uh, whatever it is, I hope you are right with your trading and uh, and things go well for you for April. So have a good week, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. We'll also be giving uh, getting successful options trader uh, webinar. Uh, we'll we'll tell you who the participant is, and we'll also let you know uh, when that webinar is going to be next week. So have a can great just, week, everybody. Uh, yep.
0: Can I one quick thing before we sign out? Um, we, there is a, oh, i got to talk Oh, back. I forgot
1: to tell everybody. I have it's
0: called the Power of Positives Summit, and it starts today. So just kind of keeping in mind of our affirmation challenge, uh, it, uh if you just, just go, yeah, go to the activity
1: stream. Recent, recent concepts, uh, special notice. Oh, there
0: you go. Well, not everybody's going to see it there, but it is in the activity stream, too. Uh, okay. If they're not signed up for the challenge, they're not going to be able to see that there, but it is, yep, it's right there's there. There's a public chat
1: room here, right. So it's, po- it's a power yeah. positive summit, and there's a lot of really cool people talking. What is it, three days, son?
0: Yeah, it's uh, the 4th to the 10th, uh, So, and Tony Robbins is one of the speakers, so he's one of our favorites and probably right most people's I'm
1: right. so. doing training with his company right now, so um, yeah. fantastic. Uh, actually, let me just click this here. I'll bring it up. Power of Positive Summit, and here's some of the faces that are going to be there: Jeff Gordon, Tony Robbins, Michael Hyatt. I mean, just a whole bunch of uh, really good people here. So, three days of free training. uh, Great great opportunity. Fantastic opportunity. All right. So, um, thanks, Gail. Thanks, Gail, and we will talk to everybody next week.